From Murphy to Mantio, extraordinary athletes, coaches, administrators, and contributors have impacted the North Carolina sports landscape. For some, their talents left an indelible mark. So much so, they are enshrined in the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. It's time to chat with one of those Hall of Famers who dared to be as tall and stately as our Longleaf Pines. Here is your host of 15 Minutes of Fame, Chris Edwards. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fame. I'm Chris Edwards. Today on the podcast, we visit with former Duke Blue Devil Steve Vicendek, the 1966 ACC Player of the Year, who went on to have a great career in the ABA and the NBA before becoming a decorated college administrator. He worked at Duke, he was the athletic director at Winthrop, and he hired some guy at Duke by the name of Coach K. We'll talk about all that and more with the 2017 inductee of the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. Now it's time to welcome Steve Vicendek to the podcast. Steve, thanks so much for the time, and welcome. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fame. Chris, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, let me start with your journey. Uh, you're from Scranton initially, ended up going to Duke to play for Coach Bubis. Talk me through the recruiting process and how you got from Pennsylvania to Durham. Well, it began in my junior year in high school. I, my high school coach asked me to, if I was interested in going to a, a basketball camp in New York called uh, Camp All-America at Cornwall in the Hudson, New York which is where the New York Military Academy um, is, is located, the school. And I went up there uh, for two years as uh, I was too young to be a counselor, so they made me a lifeguard. And uh, it was uh, quite an experience, but it gave me an opportunity to play against some of the finest college players uh, on the East Coast because that was the place to go if you were a college player and uh, spend time earn some money in, in the uh, summer, and also playing uh, good basketball. I, I read one time that uh, Coach Bubas said that you were a player that made everyone better, and you always did whatever the coaches asked. How much pride did you take in that part of your game? Well, I think uh, the pride came from uh, seeing the results of uh, of all of that, and that is in winning. Uh, I, I think it uh, it's a nice honor that he gave me by saying that, but um, uh, it, it, I think it's true in the situation of most uh, good point guards. They uh, they have an ability and uh, to uh, get other players to either rise to the occasion or put them in a position to score and, 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 and make a meaningful difference on the court. How did you develop into a great defensive player? Well, I think that's probably uh, one of the easier parts of the game if you don't have any skill it's it's effort and intensity and desire and um, uh, quite honestly I think that uh, I enjoyed it and all my coaches that I played for emphasized uh, uh, defensive play you kind of talked about it a little bit but in your mind what makes a good defensive player in general well in general it's it's uh, simply uh, the fact that you want uh, to stop the other fellow from scoring or being uh, contributing to uh, a, a part of the part of the game, and uh, I think uh, again it's intensity, it's desire, and uh, another aspect of it is having a good uh, understanding of the uh, all that's going on on the court, so you can move to another position, not just necessarily on your man, and help someone else out. So I think it's also important to have a good feeling for the, the whole the entire flow of the game let's circle back to your time at duke now 1964 you helped lead duke to the ncaa championship game against ucla came up a little bit short in that game 
But take me through the run to the title game that year and then the 1966 where you and Duke reached the semifinals. It seemed like those two years kind of helped to put Duke basketball on the map. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. We had a lot of outstanding players on on those teams and and even the year before with Art Heyman uh, when they went to the uh, Final Four uh, and uh, and lost out uh, to uh, uh, Chicago Loyola. But I think that uh, at that time, playing with Jeff Mullins, Jack Marin, uh, and uh, Bob Verga and so many other fine players, it was uh, kind of a, a good run because we had a lot of talent. And quite honestly, we had a lot of talent uh, on the bench. And, uh, and some of the best games and most intense games we had were playing against the fellows on, on, on the bench who were trying to get their share of playing time because they were very talented as well. So that kept I think the varsity first team always on their toes because uh, you couldn't take a, take a day off and expect to, uh, to have a lot of playing time because someone's going to step in and who was very good as well. Outside of the final fours, was there another game or a moment that stands out from your college career? Well, I think, um, you know, it, 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 that in, during that time, uh, you had to win the ACC tournament in order to go in postseason play. And um, we were fortunate in that we won four years in a row the ACC regular season uh, championship, but we had to go over to Raleigh and uh, do it all over again in a matter of three days. And I always felt that each one of those tournament games was something special, very intense, and certainly made us the target of every team we played uh, over that uh, four-year period. So uh, any one of the ACC championship games, but any of the a- actual games themselves in the tournament was uh, were fond memories. You were the ACC Player of the Year in 1966. Obviously, there's a great history in the ACC, particularly in basketball. So how much pride does that honor give you? Well, one of the things, uh, it, it, obviously, it makes you feel good about uh, uh, all the effort and time, not only that you put in, but all the people who cared for you back going back to Scranton, uh, my buddy basketball coach, Father Hines, uh, you know, Bill Garrity, my junior high school coach, uh, Jack Gallagher, my high school coach, and, and, and all the people who supported me and encouraged me over the years. Uh, I feel better about the fact that I think they feel good about uh, helping someone like myself. I mean, and it was not for their benefit, but for my benefit alone. And I, I just think that uh, those types of things, when you're able to feel that other people uh, took part in the recognition you received, are the best memories of all. After college, you were drafted in the fourth round of the NBA draft by the San Francisco Warriors, but played in the ABA instead for Miami and Pittsburgh. So why for you the ABA over the NBA? Well, I just think that uh, when I went out to uh, camp, uh, San Francisco, uh, Bill Sharman was coaching and they had a good team and they, they did offer me a chance to, uh, uh, you know, get, get to play. But, uh, I, I turned them down because I thought I was uh, going to be interested in going to law school. And I did for a year, but I, I, lawyering for me wasn't, wasn't going to be in the, my future. And I just uh, didn't see myself, uh, in an office uh, most of the day, um, uh, uh, you know, doing a lot of paperwork and things of that nature. So I decided to, uh, uh, and the ABA approached me and uh, 
decided to go and play with them in Pittsburgh. And we won the first ABA championship with Connie Hawkins and some very good players. And it was quite an experience. And the whole ABA experience was great because it was exciting basketball. And uh, uh, we were only 12 NBA teams at that time. And so uh, we were quite a challenge. And there were a lot of good players around. As a matter of fact, most people don't realize this, but three years after the merger, three years uh, after the merger of the NBA and the ABA, 40% of the players in the All-Star game were from the ABA. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. After you finished your playing career, went to work for the East, uh, as the East Coast Regional Manager in sales and marketing for the Converse Rubber Company. Then you coached 10 years at Greensboro College. How did your journey from working for Converse to, to getting into coaching and then eventually into athletics administration? Well, I certainly enjoyed my experience and uh, at Converse, worked with and for some of the best people in the game of basketball and sports in general, and really fine business people as well. Uh, but I always thought I'd, I'd like to try to maybe get back. And, uh, and I was located up in New England at the time. I wanted to get back to the Carolinas or the South. Uh, and so I had an opportunity to uh, come back and uh, got a chance to be, uh, you know, uh, associate athletic director at Duke for Tom Butters. And uh, I thought that uh, that would uh, just one of the highlights of uh, a very nice uh, uh, experience and enjoyed working immensely for Tom, who I considered to be one of the brightest and most articulate uh, gentlemen in, in athletic administration at the time. Well, while you were at Duke as the associate athletic director, you had to hire a new basketball coach or you're part of the process to hire a new basketball coach. And it was some guy named Mike Krzyzewski that you hired. What made Coach K the right fit at Duke at that point in time? Well, I think uh, I had, uh, you know, when I was hired, Tom uh, told me that, uh, you know, my first responsibility was to go out and uh, find a basketball coach and, uh, and uh, help bring a pool of candidates uh, back for him to uh, evaluate as well. And, um, and, and I certainly uh, think that uh, I had spent some time with Mike in his presence at a, uh, a game that he was preparing for against Army because the Army-Navy rivalry. And I was living in Annapolis, Maryland at the time. So uh, my high school coach arranged for me and, uh, for Mike to contact me and invite me to the game and I, I uh, and, and to uh, actually the uh, pregame planning session uh, that he had at the hotel and uh, I had spent a lot of time uh, obviously with the naval navy people and and watching their games uh, through the years and. I just felt like Mike was spot on in the way he approached the game um, and the way he coached it. Every time uh, he was talking to his players, they were looking at him and not the cheerleaders or the mom or dad or some other distraction. He had their attention and that always impressed me. And I think the other thing that was an advantage I had was having played at Duke. I think I had a fairly good feel for what it would take to be successful uh, after the years we had uh, been as uh, successful under Coach Bubis. And I, I, I like to say that, uh, you know, uh, Mike, Mike's uh, characteristics, his character, his values, his, his system of uh, dealing with people, all of those things that he brought to the table were a good match for Duke University's value system and desire and how they wanted their athletic teams to be coached and led. And I like to say that uh, Mike was very, uh, very much uh, a major part of 
what was good for Duke, but Duke was also good for Mike. It was really just a almost a perfect marriage. I also read, Steve, that you played a role in getting Jim Valvano hired at NC State. How did you have a hand in that? Well, at the time, all the correspondence and anything to do with the coaching search that we were conducting came across my desk. And so I opened all the mail and certainly I responded, sent letters to our coaches and thanking them for their, you know, their resume and their interest. But, you know, we were pretty much down the road on our search and uh, so forth. And I got this letter and we'd been already um, doing this for about three or about three and a half weeks or so. And got the most impressive letter that anyone any letter of introduction for a position uh, I've ever read. And so I took it into Tom and I said, Tom, uh, you need to read this letter. This is, this is really impressive. I said, and do you want to bring him in and uh, talk to him? And uh, he said, well, no, I, I don't think so. I'm, I'm pleased with where we were and where we are. And, uh, and I gave him the letter and he sent it over to Willis Casey wow. and Willis uh, read that letter. And what was interesting is Jim, didn't apply directly for the job at state. He knew that if he applied for both positions, probably neither one of us would hire him. Uh, so uh, as it turned out, uh, he, he was he, he applied for the Duke job because I think that was maybe his first choice. But uh, obviously, Willis made a very wise and, and great decision for NC State. After Duke, Steve, you became the AD at Winthrop, help oversee their transition to a Division One school. As you kind of reflect back on that time, what were the biggest challenges that you faced making that move and taking Winthrop to being a Division One program? Well, uh, first of all, you had to make sure you had the money to be able to make that transition to be fair to all the kids and who would be asked to go out and compete on a Division One level. So uh, had to. Uh, get a financial structure in place. And and one of the big challenges was, of course, uh, scheduling and getting enough uh, support f- from the local community to try to, you know, show the, the kind of interest that we needed to have in order to make that transition because uh, it was uh, a little different then as far as the way you got into uh, Division One. You had a, a, a had to schedule a certain number of games, and you had to wait a period of time, a couple of years or so, and and so it was a little bit more of a challenge uh, then. And um, uh, the nice thing about it was we were able to hire some really fine coaches uh, across the uh, entire athletic department and had the support of uh, many of the uh, administrators and the board of uh, trustees to make it work. And and they had a wonderful facility already in place for basketball and some other good facilities and baseball and so forth. So the transition wasn't uh, as demanding from a, a physical plant standpoint, but it was demanding from getting the schedule and of course you took your beatings getting getting to play you had to play so many division one schools to earn your spurs so to speak and and keep generating the funds to keep uh somewhat competitive uh, with the scholarships and the travel requirements i'll let you go with this thought you've done a lot on and off the court uh, in your career what do you think in general is the key to being successful in life in no matter what area you go into well, I think it's always important to get your priorities straight and what's important to you, uh, you know, your family and uh, is, 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 is critical because they're always there and always will be there with you. Uh, I think it's important to um, think about uh, uh, how you treat other people and, um, and, and realize that uh, those that you uh, meet on the way up are 
those are going to meet on the way down. And it's important to uh, keep all your uh, doors open and, and, and bridges uh, right. Uh, and, I, and I think it's, you know, always searching to do uh, something that you want to do that'll make you want to jump out of bed in the morning and go get them. Uh, I, I'm very uh, uh, pleased with and, and proud of the many fine people I've had a chance to uh, play with, play against, and certainly work with over the years. And uh, and, and all of my experiences have done a, a lot of things for me as far as growing as a person. But I think underneath it all, you just have to want to be a good person. You have to understand what is a good person, and, 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 and that's what you want to be. And that'll solve a lot of issues, address a lot of issues for you. That's a perfect way to end it, Steve. Thank you so much for the time, and thanks for everything you do for the Hall of Fame. Well, Chris, I hope that all the people who support the Hall of Fame will continue to support it. It's a wonderful, wonderful organization. It's really one of the premier Hall of Fames in the United States, and uh, we certainly need uh, the continued support of of, of many of the donors and and understand that uh, it's worth uh, having a dream for young people to aspire to by knowing and learning about uh, North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame inductees. Thanks to Steve Vicindek for his time on the podcast, and thanks to you for joining us on this episode of 15 Minutes of Fame. For the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame, I'm Chris Edwards.